Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here on Amazing Business Radio on CBS and Play It. And I am excited today, especially excited because we have a rock star show in store for you. We are going to be talking with Mark Schulman, who has an unprecedented career as a rock star, a first call drummer, world class rock and pop artist. Call him this guy. He has been voted as one of the top three pop and rock drummers in the world. This guy just finished his third world tour with. Pink. He's actually uh, went, gone on tour with Cher. He's worked with Billy Idol, Foreigner, Sheryl Crow, Stevie Nicks, Beyonce. I can go on and on. He's been on every major American and European variety television show like the Grammys, uh, the Tonight Show, uh, the, the the Late Show, David Letterman, Conan O'Brien, uh, American Idol, uh, Paula Grady, The X Factor. And again, I can go on and on and on. But why? Why do we have a rock star on amazing business radio? Come on. This isn't a music show. I'm going to tell you why. Because Mark has a new book that's coming out. Conquering Life's Stage Fright, Three Steps to Top Performance. And this is what you need to transform fear and anxiety into confident peak performance. So we're going to talk about that. We've got Mark Schulman in the house. How you doing, Mark? Ship. Wow. wow. Unbelievable <laughs> intro, my brother. That was fantastic. And you kind of reminded me of something like, oh, yeah, I did play on American Idol. I forgot about that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it's pretty good because I never played on American Idol. I did. <laughs> I've never been on yeah, any of those great. TV shows. Uh, but, you oh, know, there's still time. There's still time. I don't think... There is, especially with the way you play guitar, my brother. You you know, you, 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 you bring it. Well, you know, you thank really you. Play. You're, you're too For kind. For those, those listeners that probably don't know, Shep plays the blues to make you cry. Oh, now, you know, <laughs> someone once told me in order to play the blues, you got to live the blues. I don't know if I yeah, want to do got, that. No, I know. You got to tap into those sad, depleted moments. <laughs> we were uh, just interviewing anyway. uh, a gentleman named Josh Linkner, who's a creativity guru and somebody that talks about reinventing himself, and he's an amazing jazz guitarist. And I made the yeah. comment uh, that uh, Eric Clapton once said, I stay away from jazz. And I really believe in this theory because he said, jazz is just too hard. <laughs> <laughs> and as a guitar player, there's a lot of notes and chords and scales and theory that you have to subscribe to. And, you know, I, I appreciate your kind words, Mark. Honestly, I could fool people for about three or four songs. And uh, then they see, well, what else does he have? Uh, not much. Well, you, you know, you got you got to, the, the whole idea is to focus on your strengths. As we know, Strength Finder 2.0. And know what you're good at and know how to bring it. And you can play the blues, Shep. Well, thank and you. And that's what you play it well. And that was what was great. <laughs> well, enough about me. Let's talk about you. And I want to All get right, into your background. You. But before I do that, you know, amazing business radio. You've got this book coming out. And I think it's really, uh, it's not just for business, it's for anybody who wants to take a step forward and improve their performance in virtually anything they do. It's called Conquering Life's Stage Fright, Three Steps to Top Performance. Tell us a little bit about the book and, and give us a couple little gems. We're going to get into the book a little bit later on, but, but tease us a little bit. Well, here's the thing. 
everybody has experienced those tenuous moments before giving a presentation, giving a sales pitch, giving a toast at a friend's wedding, even having a you know, a single conversation, a really formidable conversation with your spouse or your associate. And this book is about how to um, not only prepare for those moments to transform those into more confident moments, but to also give you some quick tips and tricks to be able to work through those moments when you need to. So you want a few nuggets. So one of the cool things about the book is, you know, I'm a, I'm a world-class drummer, right? But, um, when I came up with the concept, I wanted to scream and shout about it, but I kind of wanted decided to write a book about it instead because I knew that I had three core concepts um, that really are at the foundation of top performance. And I tell my wife, I want to write a book, honey. She goes, well, that's great, honey. Why don't you check with some other top performers in other industries? So I ended up interviewing nearly 50 people in all industries, everybody like from Tony Shea, the CEO of Zappos, to Jeremy Piven, the actor, to uh, Lee Gallagher, the associate managing editor for Fortune magazine, who ended up writing the, uh, the forward to my book. And what I want to give initially is just a few quick tips and tricks. Now, I'm not even going to talk about the foundation yet. Foundation we'll get into later. But if you are experiencing deleterious anxiety before you're going to give a presentation or performance, I'm going to give you three quick tips and tricks. The first one is from Tony Shea, because Tony is a, he's a billionaire. And he's a heck of a nice guy and a really uh, uh, formidable speaker. And he says he always gets nervous. And this is a guy who's done it and gets paid a lot of money and really doesn't have to do it. So I said, Tony, what do you do? He said, I always start with a go-to story. I start with something that I know that I can work through those moments, which are about 30 seconds to 45 seconds of tenuous moments of nervousness. And he said, if I start with a go-to story that I'm really familiar with, I know that 95% of the time the nerves are going to subside. That's a great so idea. You, those you, 30 you, seconds. you go to that place of comfort to start. It'll calm you down. It'll settle you down. Yeah, because most of the time for nearly all of us – now. Well, I'll get into the foundation, but you need to be obviously prepared. But if you have the preparation, you have clarity about what you're doing, and you still have that sort of just uncomfortable amount of stage fright, I call it deleterious stage fright, that's a good tip and trick. Another good tip and trick uh, from a, a friend of mine, Rhonda Beeman, uh, Dr. Rhonda Beeman, has a Ph.D. in leadership and um, communication. I think she's retired from Cal State, uh, Cal Poly San Luis Obispo one of the most amazing speakers I've ever seen. I realized that because I spoke and then she spoke and I thought, oh my gosh, this gal is amazing. And she has so much clarity and information about what she does. And she told me, she said, Mark, every time I'm going to give a speech, I'm scared to death. And I could not believe it because she's so great. I said, Rhonda, what do you do? She said, I act confident. And I laughed because the old music adage of fake it till you make it. But the reality is if you know that you've got, um, you've done the work, you've done the preparation, you have clarity of purpose of what you're doing, and you still feel that, that, uh, that anxiety, you literally just tell yourself to be confident. Because what happens is your mind will believe it. And if you act confident, it's funny. The mind will sort of take over, and then the confidence will actually come in. I, I've told many of my drumming students, when you sit on that chair, it's called a drum throne, you are the king or the queen. So you need to own your position. And this is an example of owning your position, because it's not 
it's just crap, you are really prepared. And what you're doing is just sort of tricking your mind into that state. And then after about, again, 30 or 45 seconds, you're in that state because you've tricked yourself into it. You've act, so yeah, yeah, you just act confident, and I love it. You know, I always wonder why they call it the drum throne, because they sell that same exact piece of equipment uh, over in the guitar area of the music store, and they call it a stool. Yeah, well, <laughs> it's like, because, I well, like you the know why, Chef? Because drummers are the coolest people on the planet, all right? <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And I well, believe... You know what it is? I, I think there's a foundational and fundamental thing to being a drummer, because we are like the the concrete foundation of right. the home. Right, that, that's what I was going to say. Built you, on it. Right, and I think without a good drummer, you go. You, you know, it's not that you're going to go off key. You're going to go off tempo. And uh, yes. boy, you know, as soon as you go out of rhythm and out of tempo, I think that everybody goes, "Whoa!" You know, if you go off key, uh, Josh Linkner said, if you go off key and you hit the wrong note, just hit it two more times and call it art. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, my joke is if you do it twice, call it jazz, actually. Right, okay, do it twice, call it jazz, and the third time, call it. Uh, because, yeah, because then you say, I meant to do that. Right, but right. But there, there is some, I think there is some truth. And also, the funny thing is, is it's a perception thing. If someone sits on a throne versus a stool, their perception about their position is enhanced. And when you're in any sort of performance context, the perception has a lot to do with both the way that you communicate and the way that other people receive your communication. So if you start from a position of confidence and essentially the throne is the, is the metaphor for, for someone who's confident being a king or a queen, then it really does kind of change the, the, the whole um, complexion of the presentation of performance. So I really love that reference. Right, and you I know, love that, you know, it's a little bit of vocabulary. I, You know, it's when I wrote about this in my last book, that if you, you changing a vocabulary doesn't change a culture, but it actually gives some meaning to it. It gives some color to it. It gives some some meat to it because, you know, it's, it's you know, I have a crazy title. My, my you know, I guess this is what I don't call myself the CEO of my company. I call myself the CAO, the Chief Amazement Officer. And yeah. it's just a different title. And, and people say, well, what is that about? And really, at the end of the day, it's pretty serious, even though I have fun with it. And there's a, a client in the retail industry uh, who stopped calling his customers customers. He started calling them neighbors. Hey, neighbor, come on in. Hey, neighbor, great to see you. I think it would yeah. be awkward if you said, hey, customer, it's nice to see you. But the, the whole idea is he knew that changing the word wasn't going to change his culture, but was going to add to the flavor. And I think the idea of the throne, and we're tying it back to what you do with, as a rock star, but you have a third tip. Let's hear about the third tip. Well, the third tip is, is, is my own tip, um, because there was a point where I knew I had done the work, but I was still having this, as I said, I call it deleterious stage fright. Um, and I started talking to myself, as you do sometimes when you're very, very nervous. And I started asking myself questions. I said, okay, Mark, you know, um, it, you're, you're having this, this extreme amount of stage fright right now. Who are you thinking about? I said, well, you know, I'm thinking about myself. Very good, Mark. Well, you know, who do you think you should be thinking about right now? I said, my audience. I said, very, very good, Mark. So what does that make, Mark? And I said, uh, selfish idiot, and I started to crack up. And the thing is, I released the stress, and I realized that a lot of it is we get absorbed in putting the attention on ourselves. And if you think about the reason to communicate 
the reason to give a presentation performance is to affect others. So if you take the energy and remember to turn the energy out into them, to the audience instead, then first of all, as I said, for me, I, I, I got a release of the stress when I made myself laugh and realized I was being a selfish idiot. And that'll still happen. Sometimes I'm about to go on stage and I go, okay, Mark, quit being a selfish idiot. Remember who you're there for. And you direct it. And I just go right out and I look right into the eyes of the people with whom I'm communicating. And that brings me back to my reason, to my purpose. That's outstanding. So three great trips. The first is... Find a place of comfort. Uh, Tony Shea, you know, talked about, you know, he starts off with a quick little story that he's told over and over again. He knows it so well, and it helps uh, because he's comfortable and he knows it. It, it eliminates his, his nerves. Act confident. Go out there and just say, I'm going to be great. I'm going to do great. And, and just acting confident will start to help trick the mind. And third is to push the energy toward others, to affect others. Those are three outstanding tips. We're going to take a really short break. We are talking with Mark Schulman, a rock star. When we come back, we're going to learn a little bit about his background and how he became this rock star. And he might just tell us a couple of amazing stories of some of the people that he's worked with. Again, you're listening to Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken. Don't go away. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here, and we are back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Mark Schulman. And Mark, you are a rock star, but you didn't start out as a rock star. How did you start? When did you start playing drums? Oh, go on. You know, I was the tiniest little tyke. I think I could just learn how to walk. I don't remember exactly when it was, um, but I saw this performance changed my life. I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. I saw John. I saw George. I saw Paul. And That was 1964. That, 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 yeah, 1964. Right. So I would have been uh, a couple, couple years old then. And then I saw Ringo. And I just saw those hands and that big, beautiful nose and that smile. And then I saw the screaming girls. And even back then, I thought, that's what I want. I closed the deal. I knew I wanted to be a drummer. My mother said, no, drums are too loud. Can't you play a nice instrument like your brother Randy, who plays violin? <laughs> I ended up playing cello for many years, but my, my godfather is my cello teacher, and he'd give me a little drum lesson at the end of every cello lesson because he taught at a local uh, junior high school, so he had general music education. And then finally, at nine years old, my parents bought me my first drum set. They couldn't deny my passion. At 12 years old, I played my first professional gig. All through high school, I played in a band playing weddings and, and, and dances and bar mitzvahs on the weekends. And then that led me into the 80s. Remember the 80s? Oh, I remember the yeah. 80s. Who did you play my... with? You, you, it, who was the first band that you played with, a recognizable well, band? Well, that was what I was getting to. I had my own original band, and I was really cutting my teeth and getting my craft and getting totally prepared, or not prepared, if you will. And then I had the the opportunity of a lifetime in audition for a super group called Bad English. Remember Bad English by any chance? Bad English, back in the 80s. It was, it, it was a bad it was a members from the band Journey yes. and the Babies. And that audition lasted about 10 minutes because I was so overwhelmed with stage fright, and I rushed so badly. 
But you know, that's the last thing a drummer auditioning for a world-class band wants to do is rush and be overwhelmingly nervous. And after I left and, and kicked myself and got very, very angry and had a sleepless night, I woke up in the morning and I actually had a moment of clarity. And that's when I made two promises to myself. One is that nobody was going to tell me I'm speeding up or slowing down unless I want to speed up or slow down. And I didn't know the path I was going to take, but I ended up really working on my internal sense of time to make my meter the best I could. I just developed my capability fully. And the second promise I made to myself was I was going to bust my nerves and fear into submission. And that literally started a journey that lasted 20 years for me to analyze, study, research, network, and discover till I uncovered habits and rituals that enabled me to create confidence. And that was where the, the, the concept of conquering life stage fright was born from, is these three core concepts. And I knew they worked because after I got my internal sense of time developed and I really did the studying of what I could do to transform that fear into confidence, that's when I started auditioning and getting these world-class gigs. And the first big gig I, I did was for a guy by the name of Richard Marks. Remember Richard Marks? Richard uh, Marks. Had had like I think he had like six top ten songs and a, and about three number one songs. He had Right Here Waiting and Endless Summer Nights. He was like a like a teenage heartthrob. That was my first big you know arena tour. And then I then I ended up uh, auditioning and getting the gig with Foreigner. And through the Foreigner gig, I was very tenacious and met this producer named Keith Forsey who worked with Simple Minds and Billy Idol. I ended up playing with Simple Minds and Billy Idol. And uh, it all just it snowballed from there. So were you living the life of a rock star? I, I mean, you were, you were traveling around doing these arena tours. I saw somewhere I read that uh, you, you did OzFest to a group of, this is a big audience. This is an audience that could make a person nervous. 200,000 people. Well, actually, that was Glastonbury. That was with Simple Minds. I played for two hundred and twenty thousand oh, people. Wow! Okay. Glastonbury Festival is like is like Woodstock in England, and and Page and Plant p- played before us. So I used to joke with people, saying, "Yeah, well, Zeppelin opened up for us." And while we were playing, Peter Gabriel was standing on the side of the stage, and it was crazy. I could not see the end of the audience. I mean, imagine being on stage, and it's like rolling hills of grass that are covered with people literally i can't see the end of the people wow that was extraordinary but by that point man i was i had developed my capability let me go to the three core concepts because it's a really critical time to talk about that They're, they sound very simple very effective the three core concepts are three c's clarity capability and confidence clarity you identify your goal and determine the skills you need to get there capability once your goal is clear become proficient in those skills and confidence, success in those skills leads you naturally to confidence. So that's the core. That is the core, because you have to have really, really clear goals about short-term, mid-term, long-term goals about what you're doing with your presentation, your performance, your communication. Then you know how to develop the capability, because capability is, um, you know, feeding your mind really, really great stuff, knowing exactly what you need to do and clocking the hours, getting really, really proficient. You know, if you're going to be doing a speech as an example, I remember when I first started speaking and I was working with Maureen Brooks at Brooks International Great Speakers Bureau, one of the agents said, our lead speaker, he says he practices a speech a hundred times before he gives it. So I thought, that's a lot of hours. So he had developed his capability fully. 
Now, that isn't going to necessarily prevent the stage fight. That's why I give the quick tips and tricks. But the bottom line is if you have clarity of purpose and you've developed the capability, that's the thing that really leads you to actual confidence. And you can work through it, even if your mind actually goes a little crazy. But the truth is that I remember at one point I was playing with Thorner, right? And... And yeah, like, like that's, yeah, just throw that name around. Yeah, I was playing with Foreigner. Yeah, yeah. big well, you deal. Know, I, I, you know, I played with Foreigner three different times. I love those guys. But at one point, when I, when I, when I, after I first got the audition, I joined the band, and I recorded with them. We did a record. We went out and toured for two years, Shep. Two years. And at one point, I realized it was kind of like God and the Universe's big joke, because I played Feels Like the First Time over 400 times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I go laugh to myself. But the problem was I wasn't feeling anything on stage anymore. So ah, talk about people. So it was actually I was feeling I like another time, not the first time. Yeah. Just exactly. another time. Yeah, that was just another time. Thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna steal that I one. I think Thank you me. know what? I honestly I think that's a great line. I think feels like the first time <laughs> now were you the drummer in that recording? No, no, no. I was a kid back then. I joined the band in the nineties. Um but I as I said I played with the band three different times and mm-hmm. it's just been all it was always a dream of mine because I was a big foreigner fan when I was a kid. So I was listening to those songs in high school and in college. And, you know, eventually when I joined the band, it was like, it was, remember when I joined the band, I was singing the same harmony part for Feels Like the First Time that I sang when I was 15 in my high school band. That's unbelievable. You know, Talk third, about like, full circle. Feels like, feels like it was a third above the root. <laughs> I All right. still remember it. So when you're yeah. old and you do a bar mitzvah again and uh, you sing that song, that's what's called full circle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So so but this is interesting. I think it's I think that's great. And I think yeah, I think feels like the first time <laughs> should be a theme song to what many uh audiences experience from a speaker. They should feel as if they are hearing that speaker tell this message for the first time because that speaker puts so much enthusiasm and energy into it. All right, we're getting off track. I want to know about about Pink and Cher. I mean, you've been traveling with Pink and recording with Pink lately, and I, I need to know, is Cher, she looks really great for her age. What does she look like close up? Or does she allow the band Cher, members to Cher, get that close? <laughs> of course. You know, I started working with Cher in 1999, and she was in her 50s back then. And I remember thinking to myself, every time I saw her, I said, this gal, everything about her, the way she looks, the way she moves, the way she talks, her energy, just is 20 years younger than who she is. So when I met her and she was in her 50s, it was like I was hanging out with somebody in her 30s. And now she's in her 60s, like you're hanging out with somebody in their 40s. She's profound. She works really, really hard to keep herself healthy. And, uh, and you know, we did 49 shows last year. And they were all five-star reviews. People couldn't get over it. She sounded great. She looked great. She has this natural charisma. Remember, she, you know, her and Sonny were doing sketch comedy on, on Sonny and Cher's show in 1972. They right. were natural. She's an amazing performer. Yeah, she is an amazing and, talent. And she, she just has that natural ability. And trust me, I've watched her, and I've watched Pink, and I've just taken notes because these are amazing and confident and effective an unprecedented world-class performance. Pink is profound. That gal has developed her capability to a level that is, is beyond just anybody else that I even know. Because she's not only one of the greatest singers on the planet, but she is truly the most unprecedented female performer of all time. If, if any listeners have not seen 
Pink perform, just go on YouTube and watch some videos. I'll never forget. Like I, one of the highlights of my career, I played the Grammys before, but there I am at the Grammys one night. Right, I'm on. You know, I'm on the stage. There you go. You're just Pink. dropping names again. Yeah, Cher and Pink. Uh, hey, there I was. I yeah, I played the Grammys before. This is an amazing story, man. <laughs> it is. It's like I'm, I'm at the Grammys. I'm on stage, and and uh, you know, it's me and the, the band and the singers and a few of the performers. And Pink is not on stage. Pink is 25 feet above the people in the front row, the most valuable, expensive people in the industry. And I look out in the front row. I look out at the people out there. And, you know, I'm the, the biggest Beatles fan on the planet. Let me say, you know, I told you the background, right? Right. So there are two Beatles in the audience, man. There's Paul and Ringo are in the audience. And I'm going to play for them. Now, not too many things stir me up, but I was like, this is special. And Pink is suspended on two ropes doing aerial ballet and singing live without a net. Hello. Right. <laughs> Boy, and you She's talk about confidence. Oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah. And I remember that show. Uh, that was that was a great one. And and I mean, I I was amazed. And I, it was a spectacle. It was you know some you know yeah. she's not a singer. She's a full blown entertainer. She is an artist at every level. And uh, you can tell when somebody like that. And and I mean there are there are a handful of performers that I think play in that world. Uh, I think Lady Gaga might be one of them, uh, although part of her whole thing is art. But I don't know if she gets into uh, the the strength and uh, dedication it takes to do that that acrobatic and dance type. Uh, uh, you now know, that that is really exclusive to Pink. There's nobody, yeah, nobody that I've seen. I mean, I'm sure there's going to be future generations, and I hope. You know, we always hope that the next generations are going to take what we've done. And, and build upon it and amplify and take it to another level. It's like the athletes do. Like, you know, the world world records just keep on getting reset and reset and reset. You know, you have all these, these, these kids in high school that can now run, you know, four-minute miles, whereas, what, 40, 50 years ago, right. that it was, was... that was o- like a four-minute mile. What are, you, yeah, what are you talking yeah. about? So, yeah, you, yeah. Uh, Janet Jackson might be another one who's got a lot of physical physicality in her, yeah. her show with the dancing. Well, Beyonce is great, too. Beyonce, I mean, they're, they're, yep. Trust me, there are amazing performers, and many of them I've had the fortune to, the fortune to work with. Tina Turner I work with. Actually, I did the Grammys with Tina Turner and Beyonce together. That was another highlight of my career. Talk about two profound singers and profound performers. But the bottom line for all of it, Chet, because, you know, getting back to the concept of why you brought me on this radio show is to develop confident peak performance. And the only way to truly develop actual unadulterated confidence is to really have that capability really, really refined. And the only way to have the capability really refined is to have complete clarity about exactly what you want to do and how you're going to do it and what the goals are. And that's why it comes down to those three foundational principles of performance, because this is universal. And you can take these concepts, you can apply it to anything. And that's why I've been doing so many corporate speaking gigs. You know, I met you through the the National Speakers Association because these concepts apply to everybody. And when I talk about them, I talk about them within the context of telling all the road stories. When I do my speaking gigs, I play drums live and I do interactive rhythms with the audiences to demonstrate what, you know, we talk about. And I just have, I have a ball. You know, I, for me, I just feel like I've been given an amazing gift of talent and it's just my 
responsibility to do as much as I can that not only simply as a drummer, but as someone that can then inspire and move people to take action toward a more fulfilling life. Wow. And that's yeah. what I'm doing, man. You're, you're doing it. I can. You're doing it, and you're doing a great job of it. Uh, clarity, capability, confidence, those are the three C's. We're going to come back in just a moment. We're going to talk about some other uh, ideas and takeaways that we can learn from the book. Uh, this is Amazing Business Radio. My name's Shep Hyken. You've been listening to Mark Schulman. Don't go away. There's more to come. We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio on the CBS and Play It Network. Mark Schulman, rock star, keynote speaker for major business conferences and all around a really smart guy. You know, uh, you know, musicians, you think about, hey, they wasted their time in school playing music. But no, I don't think, uh, I think you're smart, man. I've met some great musicians who, by the way, are very, very smart. But, you know, their passion wasn't reading. And, and I listened to you, Mark, you're laughing, but you, I listened to your vocabulary. Uh, you're using big words. I can't spell some of those words that you're using. <laughs> so, I'll go on. I'll oh, go I, on. I will. Well, here's, here's, here's my secret weapon. My okay, secret I'm weapon listening. Was, was my... I was blessed with some amazing DNA from my parents. My parents were both college professors. And they always said, Mark, you got such a high IQ. Why do you want to play drums? Well, because I'm a drummer. You know, it chose me, you know, at the interest organically. But I always knew that I would go on and do some other things having to do with drumming and communication. Because I used to be an assistant instructor for my mother when I was 19, illegally, because she ran the tutorial center at a junior college. And, and I've always had the interest in writing. I've always loved writing. So it was a natural, natural path for me. And as I said earlier, it's really important that we, we inspire each other. We inspire people. And I have my story. And if someone's willing to listen, and I can move them to action. You know, you know as well as I do, the only reason to get on stage is not to flap your lips. The only reason to get on stage is to inspire and move people to take action toward something that's going to fulfill them personally, professionally. So I feel like I have that responsibility, and I've thought long and hard about it, wrote a book about it, and I've got my story. So it's fun, and well, I enjoy it. Well, and you're doing a I great, great job. I want to create an experience for people. So, oh, thanks, buddy. Well, so are you, my friend. You are you're you're one of my heroes, and now you're becoming a mentor. So I'm so grateful for well, our gosh. relationship. Thanks, thanks. So here's you know. So you just said just last year you played what 50 gigs with Pink. That was with Cher. Oh, Actually, with Cher. I haven't me. I haven't toured with Pink for about a year and a half. But in in 2013, we did wow about 150 gigs at least. All right. So here's just where I'm magn- going with just this. Magnificence. I just I just love working with her. Here's yeah. boy the 100. That's that's serious. That's a a schedule that athletes. I mean, and she does an athletic performance. And by the way, as a drummer, you do an athletic performance as well. I mean. Uh, because oh, not, yeah. yeah, not only are you constantly moving your feet and your arms, but you're doing it with charisma and energy. You know, when I performed with you, I, I have a videotape of us and I look at your face and man, you are like so into it. It's amazing. Dude, I am, I am committed. I am, com- you know, that's part of the component of top performance is when you are doing it, you are 100% or, you know, people say 150%. I don't know how you can do more than 100, but I'll say I'm 
fully 100% committed to what I do when I do it. And I'm fully 100% committed to the team, the band, the organization with whom I do it as well. So here's and, the question. Here's the question. And, and uh, I love it. Feels like the first time, but you've done it 150 times. How do you keep it fresh? And by the way, this doesn't go just for music. This goes for your keynote speaker. You're getting up in front of audiences, and uh, you're doing more and more of this now, which I love that you're, you're segueing from you know, being a rock star in a band to a rock star at a business meeting. And yeah. the, uh, it's, you know, there are times, and hey, I know when I do, oh, let's say in a two-week period, I might do eight or nine cities eight or nine speeches, I've got to tell, maybe it's a different speech, but they all want me to do that cab driver story. They all want me to do that foreigners feels like the first time uh, every single night. And it's not the first time. And I really work hard to make it feel like it's spontaneous, that I'm not going through the motions. I'm not just phoning it in. What do you do to make uh, the audience know and feel that it is like the first time? Well, here's the big secret, the big thing that most people aren't aware of when it comes to this, what we call the performance anxiety or stage fright. I realized I was feeling nothing when I went on stage. And when I was feeling nothing, so I didn't have any butterflies, nothing, not a thing, it wasn't peak performance for me. I felt like I wasn't on my game. I knew that I had to figure out some way of creating some excitement. Because the thing about fear is fear and excitement are very similar chemicals in the body. So the very things that make us afraid of the things that on that flip that coin over are going to make us excited. So I started running onto the stage. Instead of going to the drum set, I ran out to the audience. And I looked in the eyes of the audience, realizing that for them, this was probably their first show. And I started connecting with them and connecting with their energy. Remember the thing I talked about earlier, that it's all about them. When I started connecting with them, I started getting a little bit of butterflies because I started getting their excitement started feeding me. And that's when I realized it's not about getting rid of the stage fright. It's about harnessing it, taming it, managing it, using it to your advantage because it actually heightens your presentation. And when you have that little bit of excitement, that little bit of just slight bit of butterflies in your belly. And I remember talking to Guy Fieri, you know, Guy Fieri, with the guy with the great enterprise. Right, right. And, you know, for one of the beginning of the interview, because he's the one I got to interview, he said, you know, Mark, you know, I like being a little bit of fear. It keeps me on my game. And then as he got more comfortable with me, he said, he said, dude, I need to feel a little bit of anxiety because it keeps me aware of the consequences and make sure that I'm giving my customers, my clients, the full value for their money. So the goal is to keep the excitement and to figure out a way and to look, get the excitement from the audience. That's what I always remind myself before I go on stage to give a presentation. Who am I there for? Who am I to, there to serve? What is my purpose here? And when I think about that, I always peek through and I look at the audience. And that gives me a little bit of a butterfly. I go, yes, I got the right balance. Bam, go on stage. Bow. And it's top performance, top presentation. Yeah, I know. When I'm sitting backstage waiting to be called on, uh, I'm actually stretching. Uh, I'm, I mean, I view it as a performance, not just a speech. Yes. I'm doing some deep yes. breaths to settle me down because my anxiety, and I think it is more anxiety and, and uh, nervous energy versus a stage fright type of an energy uh, yeah. that I'm feeling. But, you know, 
when I first started as a speaker, I said, I'm going to be a professional speaker. And, you know, some people who know, uh, aside from being a musician, I also do magic shows. And I did magic shows the same as you played in a band uh, in high school. I did magic shows for those same bar mitzvahs and those same weddings, those same right, parties. Right. And I'll never forget getting on stage and my legs were shaking. And when I got up to do speeches back when I first started, if the audience was more than 150 people, my legs were literally shaking. And it took, it took <laughs> such a long time for me to be able to be comfortable in front of a group that was 200, 500, 800. Now, you know, it could be a, 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 a small arena of 15,000 people. I can get up and I can, you know, that energy is exciting to me. And it's not right. nervousness. It is nervous energy, but it's not stage fright energy. And, uh, right. Yeah, so I get what you're saying. Well, because you, you're, 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 you've harnessed it. And the reality is if you're prepared – that's why I give the, the gave the quick three quick tips and tricks. Right. There's a lot more of that type of stuff in my book, but you need to be prepared. Look, if you ain't prepared, like when, when I auditioned for Bad English, I was unaware of what was missing from my skill set. I was unaware that I really needed to spend two more years developing my internal sense of time so I wouldn't rush or slow down because that's foundational to a drummer's performance, right? Right. So. The truth is, I was out of my league. That was a world-class band. My anxiety was appropriate. I tell people, look, if you ain't prepared and you're having anxiety, that's your body protecting you. <laughs> you should be scared because you're not prepared. You haven't done the work. You're not clear about what you're doing, and you haven't developed the capability. All so right. How can you expect a presentation to be confident? We are starting to run out of time. And, and the book, okay, brother. you know, but hey, I've got one more big question for you. I just want to, everybody yes. needs to know, again, the title of the book is Conquering Life's Stage Fright. Three steps to top performance. We've already gotten a number of tips at the beginning of the show. We talked about clarity, capability, confidence. It's amazing how you are recognizing these things throughout your career as a rock star in music, and now you're becoming a rock star in the business world. Give us one more tip, one more takeaway, one more. We absolutely have to know before we end the show today. What is it, Mark? <laughs> uh, I had... <laughs> thought about that stuff one more tip one more trick um remember that your passion gets you there and your purpose keeps you there this is a musician we've been taught it's all about the passion the reality is that passion is what motivates us and gets the chemicals going but re realize your purpose for doing what you do and then you can actually create more passion for that purpose. Well, this is good. And stay focused on that purpose. And this is good not just as a performer, but this is good in virtually anything that you're passionate about. And yes. um, somebody, and I don't remember who it was, and I know I'm going to get this quote wrong. Somebody once said, the two most important days in your life are the day you were born and the day you figured out why. Uh, I don't know who it was, and it that is all about purpose. If you've got passion and it turns into purpose, that's a winning combination. And everything you've talked Absolutely. about today, Mark, is a winning combination. Man, and thanks. In the business, yeah. in the business world, you, you know, people really aren't buying what you're selling. They're buying who you are, and who you are is an extension of that 
purpose. Right. So you, you're amazing. And I know we could spend hours talking. And here's what I suggest. Everybody, go out and buy the book, Conquering Life Stage Fright, Three Steps to Top Performance by Mark and Shulman. Guys, yeah. And if yeah. you visit my website, my website is Mark Shulman, M-A-R-K-S-C-H-U-L-M-A-N.com. And if you have any questions, you can email me through my people at info at MarkSulman.com. And I can get these emails, and I do like to look at everyone whenever possible. Well, I'm glad you do. Email me about anything. Well, dude, I mean this in in a number of ways. I tell people all the time, hey, you're a rock star, but you really are a rock star. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we've been, well, thanks, yeah, we've been talking with Mark Schulman, who is not only a rock star but an author and a keynote speaker. And if you're in business, you need to get this book. And if you are running a meeting, you need to hire Mark as a speaker. I know. And when you do, you need to call me so I can come and watch because I'm going to watch him every time because he puts on the show. This is Amazing Business Radio. My name is Shep Hyken. Thanks for tuning in. Always be amazing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.